It's fairly common for an early bird to marry a night owl. But if you're trying to have a serious conversation when one or both of you is tired, uh, chances are there could be an argument. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage team here. And Greg, I'm sure you've never known anybody that had this kind of um, biological clock um, rhythm thing that wasn't in sync. Oh, yeah. That's never happened to us. Never. Right, right. I mean, I know a woman who, like, at 8 or 9 o'clock goes to bed, and she's, <laughs> don't talk to Dina after that, but that that's just me. And, man, when we're tired... That can create a whole lot of conflict. You know, I love that that acronym, HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, is things to think about before we get into serious discussions. So if I'm hungry, angry, tired, or lonely, okay. so HALT, yeah, kind of reverse that, but HALT, it's a great thing to remember. Erin, I think for her birthday in March, um, I, we had been both been running really hard. I was exhausted. She was exhausted. But but over the weekend, I cooked dinner for everybody, kind of did a special meal for her. And the whole family was there. And so right afterwards, everybody kind of, I think Aaron said, hey, let's all go for a walk. And it's her birthday. So keep that in mind. And so I was tired and I was needing the help of my family and sometimes it's easier to ask Aaron for help than to try to wrangle oh, the totally. kids. Yes. And, yeah, just do it yourself. Or get so your unfortunately, because I was so tired, I really didn't think this through. I was looking for help. And so as Aaron started to round up the kids to go for a walk, I was like, well, I can't go for a walk because I guess someone has to stay here and clean up. Well, how about you just help me clean up before you guys go? And and I meant I it like, hear that as you guys, like all all y'all... But it really, I was staring at her, which, I mean, birthday dinner, yeah. and I'm asking yeah. the birthday girl to clean. All the brownie to, points just to clean. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of went out the door. Yeah. It's funny, and, as you're talking, I feel it in my body. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember this story. Oh, but my body does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so needless to say, we, you know, I mean, Aaron's like, seriously? And that's the moment that I was thinking that probably wasn't wise. Yeah. But because I was so tired... Then I kind of got stubborn and prideful and dug in and just went, well, I mean, I, I guess I have to cook and clean then. So you guys go have a great time. Yeah. Anyway, we then were disconnected. She was hurt, frustrated, rightfully so. Um, I, I should have talked to the kids and not Aaron. And it's in those moments where it's just sadly easier to try to recruit Aaron, my spouse, than it is to try to yeah. get the kids who should have been doing that on their own anyway. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what? What kind of children do we have? Raise that, them exactly. Yeah. Wait, shoot, we well, did. I, I appreciate that boundary of halt. That's something good just to keep in mind. I have no doubt that uh, the Lord will present an opportunity for me to remember that <laughs> even today. Um, but let's go ahead and listen now to some more of the conversation that Jim Daly had with Dr. Randy Schrader, who talked about actually having boundaries when you're going to have a serious conversation with your spouse. Uh, Randy, you describe in the book uh, something I'd really not connected, but it's the attractiveness of politeness. Hmm. And that, you know, I I hadn't thought about it that way. I just think of being polite as the right thing to do. But the attractiveness of being polite to your spouse. Well, and, and again, after the first few years of marriage, politeness kind of drops out. And being extra polite, saying please and thank you and you're welcome. And uh, if there's a sneeze, God bless you. Uh, But when couples or spouses have affairs, it's often because 
uh, the other person is so polite and kind to them. In fact, I mentioned in my book uh, a husband who had an affair, and he, he said to me, he said the other woman wasn't really that attractive, but she was polite. She gave me compliments. She looked me in the eyes for a lengthy period of time, well, what so we all, just yeah, talked about. Things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, politeness. And I always think of the Apostle Paul. Paul, the P for Paul, stands for praise. He praised his fellow believers in Christ. He thanked God for his fellow believers in Christ. And when I meet Paul in heaven, I look forward to talking with him because I believe we're going to find Paul was extra polite to all his fellow believers. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's cover uh, two simple habits for resolving conflict. I mean, these are just all, like you said, John, great handles Mm -hmm. that you could rapidly uh, put to work and hopefully folks will get a copy of the book because there's so much we're not going to be able to cover. But the first uh, idea of resolving conflict is to stay inside the nines. Now you're going to explain this and I'm going to come back and say, could we make it inside the eights? Because I'm a morning person and not a night owl, but go ahead. Well, I actually was going to, I'm glad you said that, Jim. And I'm glad we're talking about this. I'll ask couples the first session, when was the last time you had a big blow up? Okay. And by the way, if I could kind of clarify, I, I know it says conflict resolution. I believe the words fight, argument, and conflict create negative thoughts in a spouse's mind. And so when I think of fights, I think of two third graders hitting each other on the playground. Hmm. When I think of arguments, I think of two people yelling at each other. When I think of conflict, I think of two countries going to war. So we want to avoid that. We want to have in our marriages disagreement discussion, I call it, where we respect our spouse's perspective. So what Inside the Nines means is there's never a serious discussion before 9 in the morning or after 9 at night. When I ask couples, when was the last time you had a big blow up? Almost 100% of the time, they'll say before 9 in the morning or after 9 o'clock at night. Now, Jim, you mentioned the eights. One of the things I love about you, Jim, is your sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I tell couples massage those guidelines. You know, But the thing is, when we're tired early in the morning or late at night, our feelings are tender. And so even though I'm a marriage expert and uh, help thousands of couples – my wife and I abide by that guideline because if we don't have the energy, what do we do? We blame our spouses and we don't look for solutions. So some couples, Jim, based on your eights, will say we're not going to have a serious discussion before 10 in the morning. We both right. are not energized to look for solutions. We're going to look for blame. Or we're not going to have a serious discussion after 8 at night. Now, couples will say to me, Dr. Schrader, you know, the kids don't go to bed till that time. You know, well, then we can schedule discussions. Most situations in in life are not life and death. They don't have to happen right now. Uh, And another key thought, could I share one other key thought on on, in this regard? The Bible says a soft voice turns away anger, turns away wrath, okay? It's absolutely essential. You know, when we have disagreement discussion, a lot of marriage books talk about process, process, process. Yeah, we got to have a process. But if we don't have these guidelines, stay inside the nine, and begin with what I suggest, a soft startup, the process doesn't matter. Harsh beginnings lead to harsh endings. What are harsh beginnings? You always, you never, you're stupid, you're dumb. And so what I suggest to every couple, when you have a disappointment and hurt, if it's inside the nines, to say, I need your help. As Mm -hmm. Christian people, Jim and John, what do the three of us want to be? Helpful. 
We want to help. And so I had so many spouses say that one phrase mm. allows us to not have a harsh startup, but a soft startup. Mm -hmm. And so then, yeah. it, you know, if it's not a good time, the per other spouse can say, hey, let's schedule this. Okay. I think that's so practical, Randy. I'm thinking of a time when my wife and I were absolutely on different schedules. So for me, it was like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. For her, it was 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. And kids and, and responsibilities everywhere in between. There were things that we never got resolved. We never got to, to think it through. So how do we make that time to connect? That, that is a tremendous question. John, because couples will say that, and I say, look for the weekend, schedule on the weekend. You know, sleep in on a Friday and maybe do it Saturday morning, you know, or maybe do it Sunday afternoon. Because again, most things are not life and death. And then I talk about Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. And I have a kind of a four-step process that people can lovingly share their hurts and disappointments and look for solutions. And they can pray about it during the week, like mm -hmm. you're saying, John, and say, okay, help me to look for solutions to this I need your help situation, because we're going to talk about it at a good time on Saturday, a good time on Sunday, when we have the energy not to blame each other, but to look for solutions to this disappointment. It's a terrific question. So, Aaron, I wonder if you would mind sharing how maybe you've seen practicing something like staying inside the nines has helped in your relationship with Greg. It has helped us so much hmm. because when I am exhausted, worn out at the end of a long day, it is so important that I don't talk. <laughs> and I can even, I will even be telling myself, don't say a word because anything that comes out of your mouth right now is not going to be edifying and you're going to have more cleanup on the other side. So often, and, and Greg, we go to bed about the same time, but you think about the scripture, don't let the sun go down in your anger. And we've talked about that many times, but it doesn't mean that you let the sun go down on your issues. It means that you attend to your heart, get it back open so you can sleep and not have the devil attacking you all night long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even I will often say, you know what, Greg, I love you. We're going to talk about this, but let's talk about it in the morning and let's work it out then because it's not going to go well right now. Okay, and that's hard. Yeah, I was going to say, so for some people that doesn't work. No. I mean, you, you, you can mean it, but it's not received as, as a positive thing. What do you do then? Well, for some people, the issue is that kind of what really triggers them is feeling abandoned, feeling mm -hmm. disconnected, feeling alone. Right. And so the mere suggestion of no, let's call a timeout, set a boundary, no discussion till tomorrow to when we've had some time to to think and de-escalate emotions and we'll wake up with better perspective, whatever. It, that's really, that's a very painful place for some people to be. And Aaron and I, when people object to that idea, we hear this in counseling, we hear this at events, mm -hmm. we'll always say, well, okay, so the alternative is what? Power mm -hmm. through the conversation? How does that go? Mm -hmm. And every person's able to go, yes, I know, although that's painful, it never goes well. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to wait till the next day as long as we do circle back and, and repair things. Yeah. And that was a big problem within our marriage because I was good at setting boundaries, calling timeouts, <laughs> saying to Aaron, it's late, let's not talk about this. And then I'd wake up cheerful, in a good mood, thinking, ah, what a great day. And I would never mm -hmm. bring that back up. And so Aaron, I, basically I trained her over the years. If you're frustrated, you got to get all that out now because I'm not coming mm -hmm. back. 
Yeah. And a part of that responsibility is if I say, let's talk about this tomorrow after some good sleep, um, then I need to be responsible to, to, to bring us back. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, to honestly, th- this is where God's been working on my life personally, is I told Aaron, I want this to be the year that I lead to repair things between us. Instead of Aaron having to do this always, instead of her feeling the burden She's to not bring us back this. together. I'm yeah. Join her I, this this yeah. has really become a matter of prayer and just going, God, yeah, help me to do this. And really what, what caused me to feel like this is what God is working on in my life is when our, our middle daughter was getting about to be married, that she and I went on a, a, a special trip and overnight. And I, I was asking her, hey, what questions do you have for me? You're about to get married I am the VP of marriage and focus on yeah, the family. I'm like, an expert, what, yeah. what do you need to know? <laughs> and she just said, what, what does biblical leadership look like? Mm-hmm. That she and her now husband, Jordan, were talking about that. And so I started walking her through this is not biblical leadership, is not just making decisions. Like, hey, you know, we've got to decide something. It's the leader. I'll make this decision. No, that's not true at all. I was telling her, though, that leadership can look like, hey, I want to lead us. Um, into date nights, and I want to lead us into, you know, heart conversations that we get to know each other better. I want to lead us in repairing when conflicts are happening, like that. That's all a part of leadership. Why can't I be the one <laughs> to to initiate that or to bring us back around? And in, I, I'm afraid in this moment to ask Aaron how she feels I'm doing in that. But it, it <laughs> <laughs> so. Hmm. Rather you see that or not, um, that that is really what I I'm trying to do better. I know you are, yes. and I know you're attempting that. However, <laughs> you're battling that natural desire inside of you to keep the peace, and you're much more of the withdrawer in not our to relationship. Rock the boat. And so I love that you're aware of that, and that you are trying. Yeah. And I do see effort, and I think we'll get there. And because typically within a relationship, pursuer there's a pursuer and there's a withdrawer. And those are the roles we've played. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. Right, right. Well, I, what I love here is you're both committed to growing. It's it's not just a young man's sport, if you will. No. We are all called to grow in Christ. And uh, Focus on the Family has so many resources. You all are modeling that. Let us help you as a couple um, by a number of things. First, go ahead and hear the entire conversation with Dr. Randy Schrader. That is online. We'll link over to that in the show notes. Uh, we have a marriage assessment. We have uh, Dr. Schrader's book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness. Uh, we'll send that out to you today for a donation of any amount to the ministry. Help us continue to produce podcasts and resources. Uh, make a donation as you can. We'll say thanks by sending Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, and all the details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear about a magnificent obsession. Uh, Gary Thomas joins us, and for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.